This is our last week of our question and answer series. I had someone come up to me this series and thanked me for doing it. He said to me, I am so glad that you did this because I do have questions. To which I replied, and so do I. I have questions too. And I'm glad you're getting something out of it. I hope that some of you have found this to be a helpful series as well. And today we're looking at the question, does God still speak to us today? Does God still speak to us today? It's a fair question, isn't it? This Sunday being the Sunday of Advent, and we've lit the hope candle, it's a good question, isn't it? If God is not communicating with us anymore, what hope is there? Is there hope? Looking at the Bible, it appears that God spoke to people a lot. Through a burning bush, through angels, through a donkey, through simply speaking to people like Moses and Abraham and Adam and Eve. And it it begs the question, what? gives what gives why doesn't god speak to me like that i would love for just once to be walking across the field from another or walking home from the field from another failed hunt for god to just be like so back just go two stands over you know just go right you know like i would love for that to happen it never happens Or, or uh, maybe one of you is a gardener, and you might think to yourself, I know God loves gardens. Why can't God talk to me through a tomato plant? Or why can't God talk to me through a potato or a cucumber? And it makes you wonder, is, God, are you out there? God, are you even speaking to us today? Why can't you speak to me through a burning bush or something like that? I hope that throughout this series you are starting to realize that it is okay. It is okay to have some questions. In fact, I might go as far as to say questions are a good thing. They are. When we have questions, it causes us to search for answers. And because I believe that God has all of the answers, the only ones that make sense anyhow, I believe that when we get our answers to our questions, it increases intimacy with God and increases the depth of our relationship with God. So this morning, can I attempt to answer the question, that we asked with a scripture. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. You ready? Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance And through the Son, He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. 
When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. I believe that God spoke that way to the prophets, to Abraham, to Moses, because he needed to. Adam and Eve had changed everything. Before the fall, do you guys remember how God talked to Adam and Eve before the fall? How did God talk to Adam and Eve? He just talked to them. (laughs) After the fall, that didn't happen. Before the fall, God would go strolling through the woods with Adam and Eve, and he would talk, and after they got kicked out, that didn't happen anymore. Silence was the norm. It was rare that God spoke to anyone, and when he did, it was miraculous. People did not have access to God. They, they, they had to have a mediator to speak with him. So who were the mediators? Well, they were Abraham, and they were Moses, and the prophets, and the priests. The mediators. Do you know that between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there were how many years? Anybody know? 400. Good. Aaron is like my Bible scholar. 400 years. And do you know what we call that time between the Old Testament and the New Testament? Silence. That is where God is silent. 400 years. God was silent for 400 years until Jesus. Until he came. And when he came, he changed everything. God not only spoke to us, he came and he lived among us. This week starts Advent, four Sundays till Christmas. Are you ready for that? Till whom came? Emmanuel. We'll be singing about it pretty soon. Right, Jody? (laughs) And what does Emmanuel mean? Anybody know? God with us. God came down to earth and set up shop. He came and lived with us to show us, to teach us what love looked like. Now Jesus has gone. But he's not done speaking. So does God still speak? Yes. The answer is yes. Does God still speak? Absolutely yes. This morning, let's look at four ways that God still speaks today. Number one, God speaks through his creation. Psalm 19.1 The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. God has shown His amazing attributes through the beautiful splendor all around us. From the autumn leaves crunching beneath our feet to the intricate beauty of the smallest snowflake, God has revealed Himself to us through His eye for detail, as well as His great wisdom and majestic and powerful design. His creation is amazing. 
I am so thankful every time I get to stroll in the woods. I took Evelyn and Elijah out to show them where Daddy hunted deer the other day. Maybe to the chagrin of Cody. And I am always amazed that Heather and, and I owned a house a mile away from Sarasota Beach, which was one of the top beaches in America. And every time I drive over the crest of the bridge and catch a glimpse of the ocean, I, I, my breath catches in my lungs and I, I can't believe the sight. And some people really like snow. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This, the word used there for God is the word, the Hebrew word, Elo, Elohim. And Elohim is really hard to translate, but kind of a, a good translation is the putter forth of power. The putter forth of power created the heavens and the earth. The putter forth of power. His glory is reflected everywhere. His power and might are what have brought together this glorious nature surrounding us. Through what God has made, we can see his message that he is all-powerful and all-creative. We can also see by the tiniest of details that he is caring and considers even the littlest of things important. Paul tells us in Romans 1.20, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. God is always speaking to us. Always. Yes, we need someone or something to point us the way to salvation, but none have an excuse for not knowing him. Because God is shouting to us from the mountains and the seas from the trees and through the lakes, through the valleys and through the hills. In a rainbow, in a waterfall, in the sunset, and yes, even in a snowfall. Number two, God speaks to us through the Word. The phrase, the Word, has a, different, a number of different meanings in Scripture. It can mean either something God has decreed, Something that God has said when addressing humans, words that God spoke to the prophets, it can refer to Jesus Christ, or finally, God's written word. Primarily when discussing the word and God speaking to us today, this morning, we're going to be talking about through this, which is this, the word, scriptures, right? 2 Timothy 3.16-17 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 1 John 
5.13 says, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. This book is precious. It is timely and it is brilliant, this book. We get to know God in here. We get to recognize His character, His attributes. We get to discover who He is. All of this. We get to know Him through these words. We get to understand Him a bit better. We get to discover His kindness and His mercy. We get to discover His goodness, His forgiveness. And we get to begin to join in on the work that God is doing in this world when we do what this book says. There's a catch, though, right? We all know the catch, don't we? We have to read it. We have to open it. In a recent survey from the American Bible Society, the average household owns 4.4 Bibles. I own 29, I think I counted one day. So mine, I think I, I, that point four is mine. 4.4 Bibles, the surveys show the Bible is still firmly rooted in American soil. 88% of respondents said they own a Bible. 80% think the Bible is sacred. 61% wish they read the Bible more. And more than three-quarters of Americans, 77%, think the nation's morality is headed downhill. Doug Birdsall, the president of American Bible Society, said he sees a reason for why the Bible isn't connecting with people. I see the problem as (coughs) as an agalist to obesity in America, we have an awful lot of people who realize they're overweight, but they don't follow a diet. Birdsall said, people realize the Bible has values that would help us in our spiritual health, but they just don't read it. If they do read it, the majority, 57%, only read their Bibles four times a year or less. Only 26% of Americans said they read their Bibles on a regular basis. If we want wisdom, we should go to the Creator of wisdom. If we want to be more merciful and generous, We should go to the author of grace and mercy. If we want to be more sacrificial and loving, let's read about our example of love and sacrifice. Let's read about Jesus. We have to read it. This is God's primary, number one way to speak to us through this, through this book. And Do we want to know God? We've got to crack it open. We've got to read it more than just on a Sunday morning. Number three, God speaks to us through the Spirit. The Holy Spirit always goes along with the Word. He has to. 
The Holy Spirit is God's Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that allows the written word to make sense to us, to penetrate our hearts and our minds. The Holy Spirit is the Greek word paraclete. It is translated as helper or guide, counselor, advocate, comforter. The Holy Spirit guides us in our daily walk. He helps us interpret the scriptures. He counsels us in hard decisions. And He comforts us when we are hurting. Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit in John 16, 13. It says, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. Before His ascension, Jesus told us that the Spirit was coming. John 14, 15-18 If you love Me, obey My commandments, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him, but you know Him. Because He lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. And later on in John 16, Jesus says, It is better that He, Jesus, go because the Holy Spirit will come. Verse 7, But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, The Advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send Him to you. The Holy Spirit is so crucial in our walk, so crucial in God communicating with us. First and foremost, the Holy Spirit is not some spooky ghost. The Holy Spirit is who? God. The Holy Spirit is God. God in three persons, right? So really, the question, does God still communicate with us today, is really moot for those of us that are Christians. If you are a disciple, if you are a true believer in Jesus, then the Holy Spirit, what? He lives in you. And if the Holy Spirit lives in you, then God's speaking to you every day. For five years now, I have harped on this fact that this church building is not God's house. It's not. I'm going to ask you, is this church building God's house? Nope, not God's house. What's God's house? This, this. Your heart is God's house. And there's a reason why I've harped on that for five years, because it is of the utmost importance God lives in you. You are God's house. Those that are Christians, those that have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, those that have been obedient in baptism, those that serve Him, those that care for the least of these like we did last week, you are the house of God. The Holy Spirit lives in you and He communicates with you. He does all those things for us. Romans 8.14 For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. 
I don't have many weeks left here in Bowen. But I'm going to keep asking for all of us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, like Paul asked in Ephesians 1, 17-20. I keep asking that God, as the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. And finally, this morning, I believe that God speaks to us today through people and circumstances. You know, God uses different people and circumstances to impact our walk and help us through all that we encounter. I know for me, over the, the, the last five years, it, it was been George and, and Donna Simmons. It's been Tim Kerr. It's been the Ramses, and that's just to name a few. You know, as we come across various trials and hardships of this life, we can easily forget that God will use even these times to convey truths about Himself. Wednesday, Elijah, you guys, some of you guys saw this on Facebook, Elijah got sick. And he, he he started puking all over the place. It was gross. And I'll, I'll tell you, in the last five years, previously, that may have sent some of us in our family into a bit of a tailspin because Elijah has been fragile. But this year... We didn't bat an eye. We're like, all right, he's puking. That probably means the rest of us are going to start puking, and we did. Let me tell you something. Thanksgiving night, revisiting Thanksgiving dinner, not fun. But here's the truth. Because of our circumstances, because God has brought us through with Elijah every single time, we knew, you know what, a little bit of puke, it's all right. He's got this. As we seek him, we can look beyond the present circumstances and see instead how he is working in our lives to show his peace and his goodness. James 1, 2-3, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. God will speak through these times if we are open to listening to him despite our situation. 1 Peter 5-2, Paul speaks to the elders asking them, please shepherd the flock of God. God has placed people into our lives to grow us. Our elders, Aaron, Rick, John, Tim, Steve. 
He, he has placed elders in our lives to help grow us. He has placed them in our lives to provide wisdom and godly wisdom into us and into this congregation. He has provided teachers and godly teachers that have just been a godsend of godly knowledge and wisdom. And this is a two-way street as he also places individuals in our path that we can help by his power and his grace. So, Hebrews 10.24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Does God speak to us today still? Absolutely, yes, he does. In many, many ways. But the one that we celebrate this season, is through Emmanuel, and that gives us hope. Let's pray.